Bretto, the first 200 tickets to the 2018 Wellness Summit sold out in less than 24 hours. Can you believe it? Oh, MP, it's awesome that our Wellness Coach fans are as excited about the return of the Wellness Summit as we are. If you've been hiding under a kale smoothie, Zazen Alkaline Water presents the return of the Wellness Summit on August 25 and 26 in Melbourne. And for one week only, we have 100 seats at a crazy two-for-one special. That's right, MP. Not only do 100 lucky listeners get two tickets for the price of one, but they also receive the digital recordings of the 2018 Summit and all of our previous events. Gee whiz, that's a lot of value, Bretto. That's over $1,400 in value, MP, and all for just $297. That's two tickets for the price of one for two days of powerhouse wellness. That's less than $10 an hour to attend the wellness event of the year. Oh, enough of the number crunching, MP. These 100 tickets are only available this week until Saturday, May 19, or until sold out, whatever happens first. For tickets, the speaker lineup, and all info, go to thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill. And I am George. I like it. I love the way it's just George. Like, it's not George Bryant. It's just George. You're like Madonna, I, I, you know? I was, I was going to say, like, I, I always say my last name. And when you asked me the first time, I was like, George just came out. I'm like, I'm just going to be George. Like, yeah. I'll be the George. Because you're such a rock star. Like, you don't even need your last name. That's how cool it is. You're like, I'm just George. Yeah, I, I, you know, I like my last name, but I don't know what it is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm owning the George thing right now, so I'm just going to be George. Well, that's your choice, and you're going to stick with it. So today we are going to talk about choice, George, because that was, oh, uh, that was that what was we decided a- we're going to talk about. So I thought that was a nice little segue. Did you like that? I that was that was slick. I'm, I'm going to get on your level here soon. Like that, <laughs> that was a good, good bridge right there. Yeah, and I, you know, what I was thinking about, like, you know, in our first episode together, we talked a lot about choice, and then even in the last episode when we were talking about, um, you know, our central nervous system, parasympathetic, sympathetic, you know, like you said, focus on what you can do, right? And it's yeah. such an important distinction because uh, I feel like, uh, and 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 this is a real thing, and this is health centric because we live in this world where we're immediately connected to anything that we want, which means that as soon as you wake up in the mornings, you pick your favorite social platform and you go get enrolled in everybody else's drama and most of the time it dictates our day, right? Yeah. And so uh, choice is one of those things where uh, we live in this place where if we want to, we can get all the attention we want when we focus on all the things that aren't working and don't work. And it just creates and perpetuates more of the same crappy results. And so I love the power of choice, even though sometimes I don't like when my wife's like, hey, you chose this, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really it's really good to hold me accountable. Yeah. And, and the annoying thing is she's right. I, I know. I know. And, <laughs> and I'm and I, I secretly love it and I love it when my friends do it and I love when you do it. I love when everybody does it because uh, it's a really sobering reminder that like how we show up now, like in this moment today on this conversation will dictate the results that we have three months, six months, nine months, 12 months from now, right? And, yeah. you know, I think 
because of the immediate gratification that we have living in the society that we do and having Facebook and Instagram and, you know, Google and YouTube and Pinterest that like we get into this, like if we want something, we can get it right now. Um, yeah. and that's not how life is played. Like we, we treat life like a game of checkers, but it's actually a game of chess and all these choices that we make every day are deposits in our bank of life. And, you know, it's the consistent, routines and the consistent simple choices that really really guide us to the results that we want right and it's like the same analogy like i love the quote where you know a water doesn't break through rock because it's strong it breaks through rock because it's persistent and over time it erodes away and then flows mm. through and it, it's such a powerful thing and and honestly it's something i struggle with uh quite frequently because well, it's it's really confronting isn't it like if you actually sit down and say Everything in my life today is as a result of a choice I made. You know, it, it's really confronting and it's really easy to, I guess, go from there to beating yourself up, you know, to be like, yes. okay, I chose this. This is my fault. I've done, you know, and I think people avoid that purely for that reason, that they're so scared of get it, getting so de- getting down on themselves, essentially, um, yeah. that, that they kind of avoid wanting to go in this position of taking accountability for those choices they've made. Yeah. And, and and that, you know, what's funny is I've, I've had that myself. I mean, I've, I've done this before and you, you nailed it right on the head. Right. And then, um, there's a saying that one of my coaches a long time ago said to me and they said, what you resist persists. Mm. And, uh, it's kind of stuck with me forever. And like, uh, now it's kind of sobering because I'll realize I'm like, Oh, I just got smacked in the face. I'm like, Oh, because I was thinking about not getting smacked in the face for three weeks. And, Finally, I got smacked yeah. really hard, whether it was physically. Well, no, my wife doesn't smack me, but emotionally, uh, you know, work-wise, stress-wise, it, it happens. And, um, you know, I remember instances in my life where I would focus so heavily on, like, what I was not going to do or when something would happen, like money, for example, and, like, money was tight. I'd be like, okay, uh, I got to fix it. And then I would, like, I'm not logging into the bank right now. I'm not going to look at this thing. And then I would have it and expect it to fix itself and then you know three weeks later i'm like shocked because a big credit card bill came and i'm like oh here's another one i'm like okay no no i'll just fix it i'll fix it but i'd never log in and look at it and i would go like three months without ever logging in and i was literally perpetuating the problem because i was making a choice that wasn't supportive of me and it was when i realized that like that's the power of it. It's confronting because it's change, right? And like how we're showing up right now is creating the results, but we always have the power to change and human beings innately more than anything fear change because it, it it's like death of self. But at the same time, that's where like the biggest growth and the most promising results happen in our lives. And so uh, I tell everybody that you have to be a heat seeking missile for what you fear most. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, I was uh, I was actually writing about this recently in my book as well because one of the things I realized was that I kind of had a prevailing uh, limiting belief that I'd been carried with me since I was very, very young. And essentially what the belief boiled down to was I'm not good enough, you know, and mm-hmm. so... So this belief that I wasn't good enough in work situations, I wasn't good enough with money, I wasn't good enough in, you know, relationships, it really... P- came into every aspect of my life, this idea that I wasn't good enough. And so, what I realized looking back in hindsight was that as a result of that, 
I spent all of my time, effort and energy trying to prove that I was good enough at stuff. And so, you know, I just tried to do more and more stuff. You know, I look back at, um, you know, in the sort of towards the end of my marriage and, and I sort of realized that at that time I was a chiropractor, a podcaster. I was running a podcast network. I was the president of my cricket club. I was the president of the chiropractic association. I was like just doing so much stuff, right? Because I was trying to prove to everyone that I was good enough, but I'd never really sat down and actually confronted this idea that I was that I felt like I wasn't good enough. I'd never even acknowledged it to myself that this you know, this uh, this idea existed there. You know, I I was well aware that I felt like other people thought I wasn't good enough, and and you know, and I would always notice that and kind of blame that for how I was feeling at the time. But but really, the problem wasn't that other people thought I wasn't good enough. The problem was that I thought I wasn't good enough. And it wasn't actually till I sat down and I literally sat down with a pen and paper and wrote a list of all the ways that I felt like I wasn't good enough, and then actually got honest about them, like confronted them head on and sort of said, okay, here's a statement. I'm not good enough at managing my money, for example. You know, how is that true and how is that not true? And I literally sat down and I wrote out all the ways that I felt like that was true and I wrote out all the ways that I felt like that was not true. And all of a sudden, it was just like, oh, you know, like this massive, <laughs> massive weight just got lifted off of my shoulders because this thing that I'd just been avoiding, all of a sudden I just confronted and it was like, okay, so there's some ways there, there's some things there that I've been holding onto that kind of weren't true. Great. I can kind of let them go a little bit. But then also there's other aspects of it that kind of were true. Great. Now I can actually do stuff about it. But the fact that I just kind of buried it down and never actually even acknowledged it meant that it had just kind of festered on the inside side for literally decades it's poison it's poison yeah. that's exact yeah and you know i just just so everybody um feels a little included right now my story is i'm not good enough as well and and just so everybody knows 80 uh, i think the number is 84 percent of people have the paradigm or the belief system that they're not good enough Isn't that and, amazing? i've never heard that before 84 yeah. percent yeah, I had a conversation with uh, my buddy Nick Nanton the other day. He's a he's won seven Emmys. He's a, a movie maker, cool. and uh, he just filmed another documentary. But we were talking about like imposter syndrome, and um, we were talking about veteran guilt and uh, some interesting stuff. And you know, we were we were talking about like shifting paradigms and stuff. And we just got into it. And he's done so much work and documentaries around the stuff that we were just diving into it. But um, you know, it's a super normal thing. And and I think too. You know, because we're on the the topic of choice, you did actually ask me like in the first episode we did together about honesty, right? Yeah. Um, what I love about what you did is you did what I I believe in to be the most effective way to neutralize things is to take them out of your brain and put them into existence because our brains are our own worst enemy, right? Yeah. They they fest, fester, they create the worst case scenario because it's trying to train you to survive, right? It doesn't want you to go towards the uncomfortable situations because you're not wired to do that. You're wired to be comfortable and survive. And so um, that's my, you know, hack for defeating negative thinking and negative beliefs is to take it and put it into existence, whether I write it down on paper. For me, you know, I post about it on social media all the time. Um, that's my you know, negating one, but it's completely normal to have those feelings. And I love how you kind of went towards them. And, and the biggest distinction that I think I want to make for everybody, and this is why choice is so important, is that um, it's only part of the equation to choose something different, like to choose to acknowledge, um, like I have these limiting beliefs or choose to acknowledge and take a look at that these things are happening. But it's what you do 
after that choice that really defines the results that you're going to have or the change that you're going to make. And what you did is you did exactly what you're supposed to do. And, and what I teach people and talk to people about is you then analyze the choice, right? So you look at the event itself as neutral. Like we talked about yeah. this a little bit and you look at it and you're like, great. And this is what I do. These are the three questions I ask myself. Like, okay, I made a decision. It pissed my wife off. Crap. She tells me how upset it made her, how much it hurt her feelings. Well, I have a choice in that moment. I can hear her, have her feel supported, or I can respond, react, and get negative. So I, most of the time I hear her when sometimes I mess <laughs> up, but you know, that's the gray area, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then when I'm done with that, I have to go process on my own, right? Because my story of not being good enough brings up guilt in me, right? It brings up like, oh, I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good father. You know, I work all this stuff. I, I do all these things. I'm trying to make the world better. I'm not good enough. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not it. So I look at it and I'm like, great. What did my wife say? And she's like, well, when you say this, it hurts my feelings. I'm like, amazing, right? So then I look at it. I'm like, great. What did I do that worked? And I literally like list out yeah. all of things in that in that situation that worked like, oh, I listened to her. Oh, she did say this, but she also said that she felt really amazing when I did this. And then I make another list and I say, what didn't work? And then I list out just like you did, like what didn't work? Oh, yeah. when I cut her off, when I was defensive, whenever. And then the third column is what am I going to do differently tomorrow? Yes. Absolutely. Or next time. And, and I write out like an action step or I say out an action step. And then this is what I do. Uh, when I do do that, I then tell somebody the action I'm going to take to hold myself accountable. And it won't nice. be my wife. It'll be somebody else. I'll call a friend. I'll text somebody. I'll post about it on social media. And I will make a commitment to show up differently in the next manner. And that that act of choosing and also choosing to share it makes it real. You know, it gives it weight. It gives it gravity. And it's like, okay, no, like I spoke this into existence and I made a commitment and commitment is not feelings. Therefore, I will execute on this regardless of how I feel. And so I love that you do that. And I love, I mean, and I, I think too, you know, for me, and, and as you guys hear me talk on this podcast, you're going to realize that I'm just talking to myself over and over and over again, <laughs> which I, I need to hear every day. Um, <laughs> and, and for me, it's also in that same context. Uh, the reason is he, that as human beings, we have the ability to choose is because life requires choices every single day, right? They say that the average person chooses 73 things before 9am every morning, which is absolutely mind blowing. Oh. If you think about it, yeah. uh, but the reason that choice is there is it fits congruently with what we've been talking about with, you know, harmony and nature and everything is that uh, it's a constant evolution and we're going to be choosing every single day of every moment for the rest of our life. And the amazing thing about that is there's nothing really final. You can always choose something different. And yeah. so I love kind of looking at that and I'd love to know like your thoughts on that because that's been one of the ways that I've really allowed myself to move past the not good enough conversations and do a lot of like self-forgiveness and self-love because it's like, okay, rather than like, oh, you messed up. It's like, oh no, I just made a choice that didn't create a desired outcome right now, yeah. but tomorrow I'm going to choose differently. Yeah, absolutely. I think that separating your choice from you is really important. But also, before I get onto that, I want to talk about the, the honesty component of this as well, because I think that what needs to come before the choice is just that brutal honesty. You know, I, I think of it like, you know, your, your choices are like your roadmap. You know, you've got a choice that you can go left or you can go right. 
you know, that's fine. But you can have the best map in the world. But if you don't actually know where you're at, like if you don't actually know where you're starting from, the map is totally 100% useless, right? Like unless you actually figure out where you are, there's no yep. way of using that map to help you get anywhere, you know? So I think that the crucial thing we've both said there is that brutal honesty at the start to say, hey, this is where I'm at. Like, this is what happened. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is my internal dialogue with myself. And having that honesty first then allows you to make that choice. So, I really reckon that's a really important part of it. But then the other thing, what you just said is absolutely spot on. You know, one of the things I really had to do was really separate me from my actions or me from my choices. So, rather than saying, you know... um, I am selfish, you know, or I am a bad money manager or I am whatever, you know, whatever label it was that I was putting upon myself or even labels that other people were putting upon me that basically I was reacting to because I was thinking about that myself anyway. But, but you know, <laughs> when, whenever those sort of labels come up of saying, actually, no, that, that I'm not that label, that label is not me. Yes. Maybe that label was that choice that I made and that might actually be true. But but even in that situation, there's probably some aspect where it's true and there's probably some aspect where it's not true. And so, it's about distancing yourself from the label um, and, and labeling the choice as opposed to labeling you as a person. And it's such a... It seems like such a pedantic thing, but it is so important and it is so powerful. It, it is. And, and honestly, uh, I'm sure you notice and, and most people won't. But um, when you hear me talk about bulimia, you'll never hear me say that I am bulimic or I was bulimic. Yeah. I say I struggled with bulimia. And that distinction is there because, you know, how we speak and, and yeah. how we choose to see ourselves really dictates the results that we create in our life. And so um, our language is like probably one of the most powerful tools that we have to support ourselves in creating the results that we want. And I love, um, by the way, it's like you and I read each other's minds. So when you said, you know, the brutal honesty, I use radical because, you know, brutal sometimes has <laughs> – some negative connotations, but whatever you want to call it. Um, and you said you have to know where you are. Well, I've been teaching this stuff for a long time. So I actually created what I call, um, the, uh, the five A's for success. So I put an A for everything and it's how I overcame all of this stuff. So, um, a number one is awareness, which is exactly what you were talking about, right? Where the A of awareness means that if you need to go somewhere, you want to go somewhere, you first have to know where you are. Like that's to put, your, your place on the map. You're like, okay, this is the starting line, right? A number two, and everybody listening, you should write this down because this has been profound for me, which is why I made it up. I'm writing um, it down now. Yep. So A number one is awareness. A number two is acceptance. And that is the hardest step. And that's basically saying like, okay, I now know where I am. Oh shit. Okay. I, I have to accept that this is where I am. Like this is, this is where I am based on the choices that I made. This is where I am now. I don't have to stay here, but you do have to acknowledge that you're in that situation. So you can make a different choice and you can make sure you never come back to that situation. So a number one is awareness. A number two is acceptance. A number three is action. That is the most important one. And what I tell people, I always use the example because I, you know, was a binge eater and bulimic and how this would play out is like my awareness would be like, oh my God, I 
am not loving myself right now. I'm having a really, really bad day. Um, and, uh, I feel like binge eating and I start walking to the refrigerator and on my way to the refrigerator, I accept that I'm struggling with it. I'm like, okay, this isn't who I am, but I'm having emotions. I'm super a wreck right now. I don't know what to do. And that's the acceptance of it. And then the action is getting to the refrigerator, literally turning around, walking out my door, getting in my car and driving as far away from the refrigerator as possible. Right. So like it's taking a step in the opposite direction to support your results. Right. So that's the third A, which is action. And then the fourth A, which is the most important step, is accountability. And so as soon as I turn around and I walk away from that fridge, I whip out my phone, I call somebody, I text somebody, or I post on social media that I made an empowering choice and I chose to win in that moment. I chose to take something in the other direction, which serves two purposes. Um, it holds you accountable because now you can't turn around and go back to the refrigerator because you told somebody else. Um, but number two is you're immediately flooded with positive affirmations. Like people are like, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you, right? And it starts creating um, you know, small micro wins and small triggers, but subconscious yeah. beliefs in you that when you make good decisions, you're rewarded. So that's the accountability piece. Now, that piece only lasts for so long because you can't live your life uh, with everybody else telling you good job and based on feedback. You have to yeah. be able to do it on your own. So then it transitions from the fourth A to the fifth A, which is attitude of gratitude, which then after you've made that choice and after you've overcome that situation and you've had some affirmations from other people and reassurance, then you have to take a look at why you did what you did and you have to start basically cementing in yourself why you're grateful for who you are and how proud of yourself for that choice you made is and basically have the self-love to go with that. So that's the whole journey written down in five A's. So it's awareness, acceptance, action, accountability, and attitude of gratitude. Nice. And, you know, I reckon uh, you talked about acceptance there. I reckon you could take that acceptance step even further. So, like, not only is it, I think, accepting where you are, um, yeah. but I think it's also being okay with that. Like, like actually having a, an element of empathy towards yourself, just like you would for anyone else in your life who was in that situation, you would have empathy no. for them. You would be like, okay, I see how you ended up the way you are. I can see the situation that got you there. I understand. It's okay. You know, it's like that that level of being okay with it is so important, as we said in that last episode about decreasing that stress response, giving yourself the ability to get into a position where you can take a good sustainable action, make, make rational choices about what to do next. I think that element of being okay with it is a really important part of that acceptance as well. Yeah, no, I mean, you absolutely nailed it. I've, I've sh shared those A's, A's so many times. Sometimes I forget all the little pieces that I, I put in the nuances, but that's, that's the whole thing. Like you can't truly move from, um, acceptance to action until you have a very calm and you're operating in a rest and digest state with the situation, which is how you know that you've fully accepted and surrendered and removed yourself from 
this situation where you can look at it neutrally and be like, okay, now I can choose differently. And, and I mean, there's been situations in my life where I've spent three months at acceptance, like, because the denial is so hard, like the denial is high, you know, the resistance is insane, um, because of self-limiting beliefs and that's okay. Right. It's just part of it, but it's like, you know, constantly working towards it, working on self-love, working on acceptance, working on gratitude, working on all of those things that then you'll realize when the shift happens because the charge basically goes to zero and you're like, whoa, oh, yeah, that feels totally different. I'm going to go take an action right now. Right. And yeah. so, you know, there's going to be moments where it's like, OK, you can make that choice in a split second or in 10 seconds. And there's going to be other situations where it takes three months or three years or, you know, it really, really depends. But that's the beautiful thing about this is that that's what choice is, is choice is the things that we can do and we can wake up every single day and be patient and chip away at our goals so we can create the masterpiece that we are designed to create and we can do it. So it's on a solid foundation and it has stood this test of time and it's built with all the right bricks. Yeah, I love it. And I love the last one, the attitude of gratitude. I mean, that gratitude is just so important and it does just change your whole state. And, you know, one of the best tips I got given as a parent, and you probably like this, George, as a parent as well, was someone said to me that, you know, next time your child does something and they do really well at it, like don't rush across to them and say, you did an awesome job, well done, you're so great. Go across to them and say, hey, how do you reckon you went? What do you think of what you did? Like, like, get your kids to be able to actually express for themselves when they've done well and to give themselves credit and give themselves acknowledgement for what they've done. And then, of course, once they've done it, absolutely jump in and be like, yeah, you're so right. You did a great job. Or if they, you know, if they haven't really felt it, then reinforce and, and help them see what they did well. But, but I think, you know, teaching your kids to be able to have that level of, um, inner knowing, you know, to, to listen to their own voice, to listen to their own perspective on how they did and to be able to give themselves that attitude of gratitude rather than looking for that external accountability and that external praise, I think is such an important thing that, that a lot of kids just don't grow up with the ability to see within themselves what they've done well. That's that's massive massively amazing amazing advice and and honestly i was like oh i don't want to do that because then i'm a bad parent yeah. <laughs> like it was funny my brain went right to like well no i go acknowledge because that's what a good parent does right Absolutely. like I, and, and I, you know what mine kind of does every time i go to do it <laughs> like literally yeah. my kids had sports day last week and i'm like rushing across to go you're amazing you did so well did you see how you did that and like my mind is like i should say that i'm a bad parent if i don't say that and then i kind of just bite <laughs> my tongue and like ask them how they felt like they went and then but then you know then you do get to do the nice reinforcement afterwards so you you feel okay about it but it's for sure and i love it? it 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 is a, and it's exactly what we were talking about right because i actually like when my son does something i love that he did it but the reason i'm running over to be like oh my god good job you did it is because of me not because of him <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm super self-aware of that, right? Yeah. Because then I'm a good dad or I'm a good husband or I'm a good parent. And I love, I'm going to, I'm going to actually put that into practice tomorrow. I mean, my entire family is sleeping right now because it's 1130 <laughs> at night where I am. Um, but I'm, I'm totally going to put that into practice. And I, I absolutely love that because it is so true, right? It, it's, it's that whole thing. I mean, like, you know, ideally I would be like a bodhisattva or like a Buddhist monk, one who chooses to surpass nirvana for the betterment of others. But, uh, it's going to take a lot of work to get there, but I love those little tips and those little things like, because that's a choice, right? In that moment, it's like, yeah. okay, so I 
can choose to acknowledge him and, and let him know how amazing he is, which he is, or I can choose to empower him for him to realize how amazing he is and then further cement that acknowledgement on top of it. So I love that distinction. And, and That's it's exactly what you spoke about before. It's kind of, it's playing long game. You know, it's like, yep. yes, you can give him the massive ego boost right now of being like, I'm showering with you with praise and you're going to feel so good about that. Or you're build it, playing the long game, which is actually perhaps a little bit more subtle, but you're building it up from within so that then it's that, that you know, for the rest of his life, he's going to have that ability. And I mean, you know, you look around at our society now, and, and especially with social media, we really do have a society of people who are just craving external validation. Oh, so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, you're, you're so right. Because like our job as parents, our job as people, I mean, even even outside of the parents, I get this more as a parent now, but as people, as our job is to, you know, lead this world better than we've found it. Our job is when we have employees to train them to be better than us. When we have friends to empower them to be better than us. And when we have kids, it's to give them the skills to empower them to continue to make this world better. And this is one of those those perfect things. And it's 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 being committed to something bigger than ourselves, right? And it's it's making the choice and and I want to just be really really clear with everybody um you know my limiting beliefs are strong inside of me like I have to sometimes like I, sometimes I feel like I knock myself out with how hard I have to fight against them to create like a positive choice um and that's okay right but that's that's a part of the practice it gets easier and easier but I love that these conversations are there because it lets me know that I'm alive and I, you said that I'm like oh my god like that's amazing I'm like oh my god I'm resisting that oh that means I get to go do <laughs> that right like yeah yep that means it's like the right thing to do. Like that's the, the, the message I'm taking, like that's the road that I'm supposed to be on. So, you know, that I, I love it. And and there's going to be moments and my wife's probably gonna be like, what are you doing? That is totally not who you are. I'm like, I know <laughs> yeah, Brett said this and I know you said this three years ago and you're totally right. And it took somebody else telling me to hear it, but I hear it now. And like, I totally get it. Right. And then, you well, know, acknowledging it and being in that space to just be nimble with it. And, you know, that kind of brings me to the other thing I think that's important to talk about, about choice before we wrap up here. And that yeah. is that you can only ever make the choice for yourself. Like, you can yep. never make the choice for other people, right? So, like, you know, us doing this show, we're not trying to make choices for other people. You know, what we're trying to do is give people information so that they can make the best choice for themselves because we don't know what the best choice is for them. Um, and so, you know, we're trying to create an environment that helps them make the best choice for them, whatever that may be. And, and it's so easy to want to do that for your kids. It's so easy to want to do that for your loved ones. It's so easy. You know, I mean, the paleo diet is the perfect example. I think every single one of us, when we first discovered the paleo diet became an evangelist for a period of time you know some of us that lasted longer than others it was it was more like a cult but yeah <laughs> yeah where we just wanted everyone to make the same choice as us because our choice was amazing and obviously right for every single person on the entire planet and why every wouldn't they do it right so i think that's a really important understanding to have around choice as well is that you can only ever make the choice for you you know there's that great quote that says you know if you want to change the world um you know who, you know, who was it there was, i set out to change the world but the world didn't want to change so i decided to change my country but but my country didn't want to change so i decided to change my community but my community didn't want to change so i decided to change my family but my family didn't want to change and i realized in the end that the only thing i could change was myself you know and i don't even know who that quote comes from i'm sure one of our listeners will uh, post and let us know but it's just such it's a great quote who is it i i googled it it's uh 
I Googled it and I just got Kurt Wilde, but there's so many I set up to change the world quotes. I don't even know. <laughs> there you there's go. like hundreds of them. <laughs> well, it's one of those. One of those. Someone will know and they'll tell us. But, but yeah, I think it's really important for us to understand that we can only ever change ourselves. I, it, it's an amazing distinction. And honestly, that was, that was probably the lesson that I learned like last. Like, I mean, I'm 34. I think I learned that lesson when I was 33. Um, <laughs> and the rest of the time I was spinning my wheels trying to change other people or trying to get other people to change without realizing that basically I was the one in charge of manifesting what was in front of me yeah. uh, because of my choices. You know, the, uh, the choices I made five years ago were basically showing up in the results that I was getting in the moments and I wanted them to be different. And so I would project it and put it on other people. And so that's why the power of choice is such a powerful thing. It's the reason I'm married. It's the reason I have a son. It's the reason I have successful businesses and I'm good at what I do. And so, um, you know, some people may think it's woo woo and some people, great, think it's woo-woo, we'll still be here to support you because I think it's the most powerful thing ever to realize that there's no situation that we're going to be in in this world that we can't choose on how we react and what we do with it. I love it, George. I love it. I think we're going to stop there. I think the the power of choice and choosing and, and taking personal ownership and responsibility is just a fantastic thing. And I think, you know, in some ways, maybe we're preaching to the converted with our Paleo Show audience because they are already taking ownership of, you know, what they're doing often in terms of their food and their diet. But, but sometimes I think as well, there'll be realizations that they can take that same power of choice into many other aspects of their life as well, which I think this has been a great conversation to talk about today. Yeah, it was amazing. And 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 honestly, if you are, um, thank you for allowing me to have a counseling session with myself for everything I needed to hear to crush tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's all we're ever doing on these shows, isn't it? We're just like reinforcing what we need to learn. Yeah, I, I, I choose to own it out loud because it takes all the pressure off me. And I'm like, no, no, guys, like, no, you might be perfect. I'm like, this was everything I needed to hear. So thanks for the coaching, Brad. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks, buddy. It's great to have you on board again. For everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This year, the Wellness Summit returns. I realized in this time that I couldn't keep waiting for love from other people. I couldn't keep expecting love from other sources. But I had to give that to myself. Yanni says, I don't care if everyone says that the kitchen is the woman's world. He says, I'm going to prepare food. I love my own cheese. I love my own wine. I don't care what you think of my new flat screen TV. He just loves company. I started asking myself more often, what do I want? Such a simple question, isn't it? But when you think that, and I'm sure all of you sitting there, when you think that, something springs into your mind. And there's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself. Brett Hill and Marcus Pierce feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.